another DNA pest control podcast. Okay, I hope everybody's been doing great out there. Um, Give you a little update on some of the fires that are going on out here. It's been pretty crazy. So they're still going. It's still been pretty intense, but it's kind of moving away. So it's getting bigger, but it's not actually going towards um, I hate to say like my area because that's what I care about, but it's actually not going towards my area. It's moving out in a way, but everything is going good. Um, I know there's another fire they may connect, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully they can get this under control sooner than later. Okay, I want to jump right into it. So today, uh, I actually got a magazine, and so now there's a video with this uh, podcast that I'm going to put out, but if you want to see, I'm going to show you right here. This is the PCT that I've been talking about, so if you have not actually gone and subscribed to this, please do. So this is kind of cool because I talked about this quite a while ago, so they actually talk about in the PCT magazine Um, For this month, uh, this is their annual rodent control issue. Apart from that, they're actually going to talk about the impact of California's AB 1788. Okay, if you haven't listened to that podcast, actually go back and check it out because I do talk about the new laws that came out in California and what is going on. And so if you don't know what's going on, Go back and listen. They changed up some things, and so now they're making it a little bit harder and more restricted um, on California, essentially for you know for us to use anticoagulants and rodenticides in general. Um, so I'm going to talk about a little bit about what we do and what we've done here now in my business and what you should be actually looking at as a technician and owner, as a PMP, what you need to be looking at in your business, okay? This was one thing that when I got my second pest control company, this was a big thing that I pushed and implemented up in that area, uh, which happens to be up in the hills, up in the mountains. Well, those areas are high rodent areas. And so, you know, doing rodent exclusion work, rodent work in general is huge, okay? So going back uh, to this issue, go check it out. I'm not going to talk a lot about about the issue. I want to talk about what we're doing here that's taking care of everything. But go check out PCT, okay? They're going to talk about it more thoroughly. They're going to talk about the laws. They're going to talk way more in detail than what I'm going to get into Uh, when it comes to the laws and things like that. But now going into rodent control itself. So I'm going to break this down super, super simple. And I'm going to tell you what I do. And no holding back. Literally everything 
that I do as a company, as a whole, and what I've implemented, okay? And this is what you should be doing even if you can get your hands on some of the old bait. But this is what you need to do if you are in California and you can't get your hands on the old bait and you only can touch the new bait, okay? And you have restrictions, Okay, first things first, when it comes to rodents, you need to, you need to follow the IPM program, right? You need to inspect. You need to know exactly what's going on in the area, the home, the restaurant, storage units, whatever. That is crucial step number one. You need to find out what's going on, okay? You find out what's going on, right? So now you just went through and you figured out, hey, I know they have rats. I just inspected, or I know they have mice. I just inspected. I found droppings. I'm seeing what's going on. I'll give you a little example and a real life story. We have a restaurant and they are having mice inside the restaurant. Well, what do you do? Well, the proper steps is first inspect. So what we did, we went out there, we inspected, we figured out, hey, Here's hole one, here's hole two, here's hole three, here's hole four. This is everything you need to do. And um, we essentially give them the option. In some scenarios, I give them the option of, hey, you can do it or I can do it. But it has to get done before I go to the next step, right? So we find out all the holes that are going on. I inspect. We know what's happening. Now we go to step two. Okay, now how I look at it is... And actually how I got taught at the Rodent Academy and what I've said in past and previous podcasts, if you have listened to rodents, is essentially you look at the building or you look at the home as like a castle, right? And back in the day, castles had moats. So now you had a trench with water all the way around it and in that trench, well, usually, you know, in the movies, they show alligators and things like that. So you wouldn't actually go into the water or try to get up to the castle. You'd actually stay away. And they would have to put down the draw bit bridge, right, to let you get across. Well, when you're looking in a situation where it comes into homes, residential houses, things like that, when you're inspecting the house, the house you're looking for, you're essentially trying to create the moat but if there's a drawbridge, you need to get rid of it, right? You need to put it up. You need to close it because they're getting into the castle. So to make it very simple, that's what I do. I walk around the house. I'm looking for any drawbridges. Are there, are there, are there holes? Most of the time there are. Uh, is there a tree? Is there bushes? Is there food? What's going on? I'm trying to find out everything I can. Once I find out where these drawbridges are, now I'm trying to eliminate them. So whether you're going to go out and cut the tree or I'm going to have, or, you know, so I'm going to cut the tree or the homeowner is going to get someone who's going to cut the tree entirely up to them. I don't really care. My whole point of being there is to show them this is what needs to happen before we can make the next step. Okay. So you essentially got the castle protected, Right. You found everything, you did everything, the castle's protected. You go to the next step. The next step is you got to purify. You got to fix everything. You got to make sure that you pulled out all the bad and you get it out of there. So if you went in back, let's go back to the castle example. If you just sealed up a castle, you put up the moat, but um, you just let a giant Trojan horse come inside 
and you closed up the castle with a Trojan horse inside, well, guess what? You essentially have a military army ready to kill you because you closed up the house with them inside. Once again, not a bad thing because when we go through and we're actually sealing up the home, we don't know exactly what that's going to do, right? We don't know if that's actually going to keep them out or what's going to happen. We have no idea. I'm just going off of, well, you know, maybe we sell them in, maybe we sell them out. And that's what you actually say to a customer because a lot of people say, oh, wait, wait, what's going to happen, right? The customer gets all irritated or mad or whatever. What happens when you sell everything? Yeah, we're going to sell some in. We may sell some out. Majority of the time we sell them in. We actually don't sell them out. Okay. Going to the next step is we sealed everything. We sealed them in. So now you got to pull everything out. That's going to come in with trapping. Okay. Uh, what are you dealing with? What type of rodent is it? Are you using glue boards? Are you going to use rat traps? What are you going to use? Restaurant scenarios, you may need tin cats. You may need, you know, a few other things to pull everything out, okay? In this scenario with the restaurant, we actually went to glue boards because they're having mice. So having a ton of mice, we're not going to use snap traps per se. You can, um, but we've actually had great success with glue boards. So we go through and we place glue boards everywhere, okay? And... If you've ever taken any classes on rodents or anything like that, nobody is ever going to tell you, place three traps and you're good. Never, ever are they going to say that. It's place as many as you can, okay? So if your budget is 10 traps, place the 10 traps. If you need to raise prices to place 20, raise your prices, place 20 but you need to place as many traps as possible, okay? Then you have everything set, everything on the inside, so you're going to start pulling them out. But now you want to take one step further, right? Because the bad guys aren't going away. You never have, you get the castle, you get the drawbridges closed. What happens in the movies, right? No, seriously, what really happens in the movies? The army comes up, They're sitting next to the castle, and they just sit and wait, and wait, and wait, right? They're waiting for something to happen. Either they're going to send someone in to drop that drawbridge down, and then boom, they're attacking, right? They're coming in. They're coming full force. They're coming at you, but they're waiting outside. So what we want to do now is that's where we get the bait stations, okay? Bait stations, even though, here we go, ready? I'm going to show you a little picture. If you're listening, see that? Okay, see, that's the state capitol right there in California. Okay, this is the whole article on passing that law. Well, the rodenticides we have today aren't as good. Now, the lucky thing is I did get to talk to a BASF rep because we buy cilantro. Cilantro is passed. We can use it here um, on residential properties. And that's a big go-to for a lot of companies in this area. Uh it's very effective if they get their lethal dose. So as I was talking to him, because I was flipping through the little BASF pamphlet that he handed me, and I saw three days. And I'm like, wait a minute. I heard a week. I'm telling everybody three days, right? But I'm reading this, and I see, you know, three days, it's going to kill everybody, you know, kill the rat or the mouse or whatever. And everybody's telling me over a week, a week, we don't know. Um, 
We'll come to find out. They essentially have a lethal dose. Let's just say it's uh, 10 grams, right? So if a rat eats five grams, runs off, comes back, eats two grams, runs off, comes back, eats three grams, boom, it's going to die. Okay, but it has to get up to the 10 gram mark, whatever it is. I don't remember what he said, but we'll just go off of that. So as they hit the certain amount of grams for their body weight, then they'll die. So Solange is a really good product in that sense of it's going to get the job done, but when is what we don't really know and how often they're coming back once again We don't really know, but at least we know that it's going to kill them. And it's been working, and we've had great success so far. So bait stations are going to go on the outside because if you don't have archers up on the castle, checking, making sure, you're never going to get that. They're never going to go away. So what we're doing is we're at least placing the bait stations on the outside of the house where there may have been high traffic in bushes right up against the foundation you know they're running along those areas that's where you're going to place the bait stations and and placement is actually very crucial okay so not only are you sealing up the house we're going to do a little recap so you seal up the house and then you place the traps on the inside so now you're trapping and catching and killing anything that's on the inside but then you go and place bait stations on the outside and so now, okay, so now you have everything up. It's everything set. This is how you control a population of rodents. This is how you 100% eliminate rodents around a property. Now, the placement of the bait stations is crucial, crucial right? So if you go and throw an archer right in the middle of the, li- the river, it's probably not the smartest idea. Somebody come up, shoot them with another arrow, dead, done. You didn't do anything, right? or you are placing them out right in the field outside of the moat, well, now you just put them in danger zone, right? So now they're dying. Your guys are dying. They're not protecting the castle. They're just dying because they can easily get hit by anything. So placement of bait stations, you got to be smart about placement. Don't go throw a bait station in the middle of the yard because somebody saw a rat run across the middle of the yard one time. It's not smart. Rodents aren't typically just running around out in the open all the time. It doesn't happen. They don't do that. It's not in their nature, okay? So they like to feel secure. They like to feel safe. They're going to be running up against walls. They're going to be hiding. They're going to be looking. What type of rodent is it? Are they going to be going for water? Are they looking for water? Are they looking for food? Where's the food, right? You want to think of all of these things. I went to a home recently and actually signed them up, got them everything going, and I placed two bait stations. Guess what I asked them? Where did you see the rodents running? Well, he went to explain, well, you know what? On that back fence, I see them running up and along that back fence all the time. They'll actually run back behind here, this and that. And so he's explaining to me where it is. I said, okay, where else? So then he goes, okay, well, up against the house, there's this area here. It's nice and dark. It's secluded. I'm seeing them there too. Okay, so you're seeing them run up under there. And then he said, they disappear. I don't know what's going on. Perfect. So where am I placing those bait stations? Oh, I'm going to place them in the front of the yard and I'm going to place one um, by the garage. Why would I do that? I wouldn't place them in those areas. That's not where they're running. That's not where they're actively seeing these rodents run. So where do I place it? Back by the back fence. 
and one up right by the house where they can get under this little area and disappear. That's where I place it. Guess where the bait stations were empty the next time the technician went out, not even a month later. In those exact areas, completely wiped clean, gone. Okay? So we have to be aware of that. We have to be thinking of the areas of where we can place the bait stations. It is very smart. The other thing is that a lot of guys have problems with is how many bait stations can be placed or should be placed on a property. Now, if you ask the wrong person, they're going to tell you probably every 25 feet, every 50 feet, every five feet, you need a bait station. Um, One, because the people who sell bait stations are going to say a lot of bait stations. Uh, Two, if it's a manufacturer of a product, let's just say BASF, not saying that they'll do this, but how much did you put in the bait station? Well, as much as you can fit, right? Because they're trying to sell a product. They want to fill that bait station up. If half of it goes bad, who cares? They don't care. They're just selling you more. So you have to be smart about it. The new bait in California, because of the new law, there's a stop feed in it. So when you're coming up into an idea of how many rodents are being seen, if it's a high activity level, you're seeing a ton of activity, you're seeing a ton of droppings, you actually may need to put more into the bait station. What I like to do, because we do follow-up, so not only are we doing all this work, we get everything set up, we get the bait stations placed, we're going to be back out there in a week, maybe less, depending on how much activity is happening. In that case, if I'm going out there already, I'm going to check the bait stations too. I'm already checking the traps. I'm pulling out dead rodents. Well, I'm going to check the bait stations. If the bait stations are empty and I put four blocks in it, well, I know I need to put five or six. I may need to up it for the next time. And then as the activity starts to lower, you start putting in less and less bait because you know now that we've taken down the population so low that it's, we don't need as much bait in there. So you have to actively think of it. A lot of technicians, they get into the rhythm of, okay, I'm going to place the bait station right by the AC unit because the AC line's going to the house and that's where they always go. Um, another tech, actually, I know this guy, (laughs) there was another tech, um, his go-to was always buy a hose because water. So you always put a bait station by the hose. That's where you always put it. And he's not wrong, but he's also not a hundred percent correct. Yes. Rodents need water, but also is the hose even leaking? Do they even use it? You have to think about those things. Because if I go and place a bait station next to a hose that never gets used because I think, well, there's water, so it's going to be right there, they're never even going to run into it. And you also have to remember, they did a study, and this was at a pest world that I went to. I took a class on this. They did a whole study on bait stations and how, you know, how quickly they'll even go to it. And it can take them up to three months to even go inside of a bait station. Now, I think those rodents are very shy, And that's in the extreme case, but you have to keep that in mind is in the extreme case, it may take up to three months before they even go into the bait station to eat the bait. Now there are lures out there. Okay. One thing that we have to keep in mind, and this was taught to me, and I think this may be a law in California. I don't know anywhere else, but you can't tamper with the bait. 
So you can't put peanut butter on the bait to bring them in, okay? But there are certain lures that you can buy that's actually made for that, and you could put it inside the bait station and get them to come inside the bait station and to start eating. So there are things out there that can help speed that process up, but keep all of those things in mind. Also, when you are trapping on the inside, this is a big one that you have to keep in mind, okay? Well, wait, before we get to that, let's back up. You place the bait stations out, you sealed up the home, you got the trapping. Now you got to do your follow-up. You got to make sure you're pulling everything out. Well, in the case that they get trap shy, right? So you come in, you have no idea, you didn't ask the questions, and now the homeowner's actually been placing rodent traps out for the past eight months trying to get rid of these things. Well, guess what? You now are going to run into the problem of the rodents are probably trap shy, one experience, I actually ran into it. We went out to this guy's house. He was placing traps in his garage. They were constantly going off and not catching anything. Eventually, those rodents are going to learn. That makes a loud noise, or maybe it caught me, and it hurts. So I'm not going to go for it anymore. And so that's eventually when he called us because he ran out of ideas and his traps weren't working. But yet he was just placing a trap in the middle of a freaking workbench hoping that that would work. And it didn't work. Placement when it comes to trapping is crucial as well. So if you don't know how to trap or where to trap or what to trap, you need to actually go and do some research on that. So what we had to do is we went through the trapping process and then it hit me about two weeks into it, three weeks into it. Wait a minute. This guy has old traps here. Has he been trapping before? Well, come to find out he was. So then we had to unset all the traps so they were no longer live traps. They looked like they were set and they looked like they were live, but we unset them all to get the rodents comfortable and going back towards you know, the traps again to eat the bait off of it. And then what happens is you now go back through and you reset them and then boom, you start catching and catching and catching and catching, right? So with the industry changing, with chemicals changing, with products changing, IPM is huge. The IPM program is huge. If you haven't listened to the episode on IPM, go back and listen to the episode on IPM because that is actually going to explain what that means. And IPM is not just throwing out bait blocks up into an attic and hoping that the rodents will eat it or they're going to come in contact with it. Okay, there's a lot more to IPM than just spraying and praying. You need to actually go through the steps and do a little bit more to find out, can I seal things up? Can I use multiple methods? You know, I'm not just using bait stations as a go-to. Now, if they're only seeing rodents on the outside of the house, duh, it's probably good just to throw some bait stations out, but not until I actually do an inspection around the home. I got to see, can they get in? Because if I start throwing out bait stations and then one dies inside, well, now that comes back on me. If I can seal everything up, protect the house, now we have a process going. Now we can create something. And that's what I'm looking for. And that's what everybody should be looking for. It's not just 
bait and bait stations are a fix-all. It's never the case. It's never, ever, ever the case. There's way more into it than just that. So not only will I, you know, do the bait stations or the trapping, but the exclusion work has to be done too. And nor it, and this is one thing that we have a rule out there is none of my technicians will ever place a trap unless we have done an inspection first. So if we inspect the property first, we know where all the holes are, then and only then will we take the next step to place out bait sta- or not bait stations. We'll take the next step to place uh, rodent traps. But then we also are, hey, you really need to put bait stations out here. You really need to push for these bait stations because bait stations do help a ton. And so always keep that in mind, okay? And so to recap, oh, that's okay. Well, sorry about that. I was looking at the camera the video turned off so maybe there's not going to be a video with this podcast (laughs) but um anyway so what's going to happen is do a little recap so when you get to a home you want to make sure that you're doing the inspection ipm questions inspection you need to know what's going on sealing up the house trapping inside the home to pull out anything that could possibly be inside and then then you're going to protect the home on the outside with the bait stations. I keep it that simple, literally explain it the same way to my customers so that they understand this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to do it, and it's simple as that. And I can't tell you how many people I've gotten where they're like, wow, (laughs) wow, that was really, really easy. And that was it. There was nothing else to it. So keep it simple, keep it smart, And keep it that same way because if you do, actually, you can always mix and match. You know, you don't have to follow how I do it or what, you know, you can do it however you want. But whatever you do, keep it as simple for the customer as possible and keep it simple for you because rodents are not very complicated and they don't have to be. You just have to have the right techniques and the right methods to take care of it. Now, In closing, thanks for listening to the DNA Pest Control Podcast. But remember, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at DNA Pest Control Podcast. You can send me an email at DNA Pest Control Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always go to the website at DNA, www.dnapestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, send me a message. Ask me a question. I'm here for you. We can make it happen. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.